Sports are back, baby. This is, uh, we're recording this on opening day, Major League Baseball opening day, and that means there's no better time to subscribe to The Athletic. You can save 40% off, don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Get all access to The Athletic's exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Don't miss all of what we have to offer. Sign up now at theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends and you get 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends for 40% off an annual subscription. And truthfully, it's, uh, it's good for us. It's good for the podcast if you go there. So, you know, make us look good. We hope to see you there. to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon steaks and cheese it's philadelphia bowing shielding the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins still bows old arch nemesis greg cosell shows up and it gets real pull up a branch and chill it's time to get ill with some birds with friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends bow wolf and are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings i'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids wow get, we gotta get that in a drop uh immediately we'll edit that one out that didn't come out quite there's no editing no no editing yeah, on this that's podcast the wonderful of birds with friends no editing <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a thursday morning shield's favorite type of episode because we've got a heart out so you know he loves that shield how you doing I know that's right. And uh, Zach, ZB, has training camp started? What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, training camp has not started in the traditional sense, but it is getting closer. And uh, I, I, I think we can safely, well, I don't know if we can safely say anything right now, but I, I, I think we can, uh, we can say 45 that, seconds. that players are reporting to their, yes. uh, to their cities. So, that. so we will we will get into uh, to all of that, what that means, what it means for uh, the Eagles' particular roster. And then uh, in the second half of the episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about the draft. We gave you three hours earlier this week. We'll give you another you know, 20 minutes or so today so we can each uh, defend our teams, attack the other teams, a bit of an open forum. And uh, we know that you guys are excited about that. But let's, let's talk about training camp first. And, and Zach, why don't you give us some of the, the specifics of what we do know uh, what's the timeline? When are we going to get to see practice? Sure. Give us some of all that stuff. You are, uh, uh, as uh, listeners know, the president. Well, there's still ambiguity as as far as us, but but, but we're the the least important part of this. Uh, so let's let's get to the most important part of it, and that's the players and the team officials. Uh, rookies reported earlier this week, and when I say reported, that that doesn't mean they're on the field. That 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 means they reported for tests. And they, they, the NFL has a protocol in, in, in place where they get tested and then they uh, self-quarantine, I believe, for, for a few days um, or a period of time. Uh, and, and then the, the veterans will go through the same thing this week. Uh, and so when we spoke about the start date for training camp and we mentioned it as the 28th, that's not going to be a time when they are on the field practicing. Uh, there's expected to be a ramp-up period. Now, how long that is, uh, I believe that's still being determined. It's obviously looking like there won't be preseason games, so that affects it. Um, this from Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer the other night said April 3rd to 14th will be the acclimation period, which would be uh, strength and conditioning. August 15th will be practice ramp-ups. And then, and then, and then, late August into early September, there would be eight padded practices. Uh, but he said that's still being negotiated, and and this is obviously is all a work in progress between the league and the NFLPA. What's clear is that there's going to be a period of time when the team is together, but they are not practicing football. They're doing what essentially they would be doing early in the off-season program, what we would call phase one, you know, or phase two, where you're doing the strength and conditioning, you're, you're doing strength and conditioning, you're, you're getting ready, but you're not actually playing football. 
And the reason they're doing that is because there hasn't been any activity throughout the offseason, and, and the players want to avoid injuries. Um, now, for our purposes, when do we get to watch practice and give you guys the practice reports? Uh, that won't happen un- until there's actually footballs on the field and they're practicing. It seems that will be mid-August. So uh, without preseason, we would probably have the same amount or, or roughly the same amount of practices that we would get uh, during a regular summer, but they'll just be later on, and then we obviously won't have those preseason games to watch. So uh, to, to, to put it succinctly, it's still being figured out. There's nothing definitively. Players are reporting, but they're getting tested right now. Yeah, so I have a couple uh, thoughts on what you said. My first is, and I God, I hate when podcasters do this, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I tweeted this, but what's going to happen to all the reporters who, who, who make an annual tradition of saying, how nice is it going to be to hit someone in another uniform for a change and go around the locker room asking every player that, Zach? Is there, is there a plan on that, how we're going to make sure that those reporters are okay? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. And how am I going to get in my? How am I going to get in? Like, who's the? You know, who's going to be the breakout eagle this year? Oh, I love that one. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah, going to be able to do it. I well, handed that off to you, right? Or was that? Or, did, or no, you did it more. You did more players, right? So you uh, took it yeah, to like another level. But okay. Yeah. yeah so, so my it's a great question, exercise. Some, some, so my guess is is that question that Shield referenced is going to be. <laughs> substituted or replaced with like how i think that question will still get asked <laughs> what before in, week one well no in advanced well you'll, you'll i think you'll get it before the first practice like what's it going to feel like to finally put on those pads? it's not really a football until you put on the pads is it <laughs> said by like uh you know like a 130 <laughs> <laughs> listen i'm putting myself in that category so i'm not taking shots at uh, anybody else no it's uh, probably going to be to be like how tough is 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 what you're dealing with right now oh uh, uh, you know, yeah the uh i i enjoyed i don't know if you saw it steven adams's answer to uh the question about being in the bubble did you guys see that uh, no, I, I didn't, didn't hit the clip i think i okay. saw like a headline what, yeah what he, he say? said he, he said uh I'm, I'm not gonna do a new zealand accent for you uh but he, please do <laughs> he said he said they're not in Syria. He, he said they're in a, a resort. You know, it's 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 really not that bad. Um, now, obviously, throwing throw a mate at the end. Mate, like, he, well, he he threw in a mate after after each yeah. one, uh, after each sentence, I should say. Uh, no, Syria mate. The the NFL, it's it's obviously different than than what um, players are used to, what teams are used to, coaches are used to. There's there's gonna be a lot of adjustment required. I think that that if if you want to extend, um, I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but but if if you feel for anyone right now, it's probably uh, the undrafted players or the um, the roster hopefuls because you know the the fringe guys because rosters are going to be cut from ninety to eighty, so you have fewer people there to begin with, and then just with with fewer practices and no preseason games, my guess and and this is just uh, speculation. But teams will probably go more toward with the, with what they know. Now, practice squads are going to be expanded this year, so there are more opportunities for those players. But it's it's going to be harder to find that bottom of the roster guy who who needs the reps in practice and preseason to stand out. So I think um, I, I, there are a couple things about like the fringes of the roster, and certainly like that's you know sort of my favorite part of training camp is getting to know those guys and, and you know, falling in love with some of those guys. Um, and, you know, we, you know, I'll give you, I'll give Shield the, uh, I tweeted this out too, but like the idea that teams know exactly what they have in these 90 guys is farcical. Like the very first cut of training camp last year was Anthony Rush before they even had a practice. And then that guy ends up going to Oakland, having a great summer. And then the Eagles add him to the roster. Um, so they don't really know what they have with those guys. I think, um, in terms of like who's going to be in camp, it makes more sense to me from a roster construction standpoint. You want to keep around the undrafted rookies who you haven't seen to get eyes on them, and and then like I see no reason why you should sign a Devonte Freeman or or a a fringe veteran who you have like tape on. Uh, there's no reason to get to to get to waste a spot on getting eyes on him when there are guys who you haven't seen before. Um, and then in terms of like the the preseason games. 
I feel like there's still an opportunity for guys to, to stand out at certain positions. Like, you know, a wide receiver doesn't necessarily need the preseason games sure. if he's flashing in practice. Um, even like, uh, even offensive linemen, I feel like you can get a good sense of and, and edge rushers, but like linebackers and safeties where it's really about like, what can you do when the bullets are live? I think those are the positions where I would feel like you're, you're really missing out on an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, you know, I think that uh, I think I've made this prediction before, but I feel like there will be a big rush, uh, not Anthony Rush, uh, in the first three or four rush. in the first three or four weeks of the season for people to say, look at how sloppy this is. The game's not the same, and then like someone will uh, come over the top rope with like an analytical study, being like, no, the game, you know, everything's pretty much similar uh, to how it was. I mean, is it going to affect some players more than others? Yeah, I'm sure we will uh, get to that, but I don't know. This doesn't seem like a, a bad uh, plan to me. You know, I don't think this is like uh, 1988 when you know you had guys coming into the into camp and might have been just like you know have not done anything the entire offseason or have had minimal workouts and man you can just tell right away who's put in the work and who hasn't I mean I would say a large majority I don't know what the percentage is but it seems like a large majority uh you know are take their profession very seriously and go kind of above and beyond now have there been uh limitations restrictions to what they could do in terms of where they can go all those types of things yeah but I mean a lot of guys uh you know they all have agents they a lot of them have trainers or they have people who they can rely on from college or even high school or who they've worked with professionally before who can give them advice on how to uh, stay in shape, sort of stay conditioned, do what they need to do with their bodies uh, to be prepared for this. So, you know, a ramp up period and eight padded practices and no preseason. I mean, is there a chance that we could see this and say, wow, that, you know, this actually worked fine and uh, they can do this in the future for the guy, you know, the main guys like who, you know, are going to be on the roster. Yeah. I mean, it's what you guys said. The Fringe guys, that, that's who you sort of feel for, the ones who would have really had a chance to fight for a roster spot. I agree with Bo. Those are the fun stories. Those are the one you look for. You know, you, you look on your roster and say, hey, who's uh, who's 86? That was a nice catch. And uh, as you guys know, I never know who it is. Zach always knows who it is. And uh, <laughs> Bo, if it's one of his favorites, uh, we'll, we'll certainly uh, know who it is. So um, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with you, Bo, that these guys could make like that much of – an impact because even if they impress, like, you know, then it gets to a situation where GMs are thinking, well, who can we kind of stash on the practice squad? Um, you know, whereas if they have game filled, maybe they're more likely to be stolen. Uh, so I think it is going to be tough for a lot of those guys. Well, the question that I have, and, and, and when we do talk to Doug Peterson, this is something I will pose is because, you know, you have this finite period when you're on the field, are, are you, is your emphasis on, preparing your core guys and your regular guys for the season. So are you introducing the scheme or you're making the scheme adjustments or are you trying to do an evaluation of the roster? And my guess is it's going to be more of the former, you know, like you say, this is an abnormal year. We only have two weeks or, 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 or I guess whatever it is where you're actually practicing and we need to see how Carson Wentz looks with, his new receivers and and how the, this 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 first team defense is going to mesh and you might not have the same amount of work for the guys in the bottom of the of the, of the roster and maybe you're focusing less on the developmental periods for those rookies and you're focusing more on the guys you need on Sundays. I think that's I think that's right and I think I think you're right that's pro- that is probably a bigger impact on the bottom of the roster guys than you know not having preseason games. Yeah, I think it's a that's a great point that I hadn't thought of, and I I think you're 100 percent on there, and it it relates specifically to this roster and this team. I mean, you have uh, Andre Dillard at left tackle, you have Jason Peters at right guard, you have Carson Wentz throwing to uh, Jalen Rager for the first time, and then if you want to throw in the the day three rookies, if you want to throw in Marquise Goodwin, I mean, these are a lot of new guys he's going to be throwing to maybe bigger deal is on defense. I mean, look at this, this secondary, you know, you've got Darius Slay. You've got Avante Maddox playing outside. You've got Nikel Roby Coleman. You've got Jalen Mills playing safety. So at a minimum, you're looking at uh, three out of five secondary players who are either new or playing different positions. Uh, that to me 
is a big deal. And, and this is a, an off season where they are implementing scheme changes. You know, it's going to be, uh, they bring in Rich Scangarello. You're going to see more uh, bootlegs, more QB movement uh, on offense. And then defensively, we'll see. But it certainly sounds like they're going to uh, move towards more man coverage. You know, as I've been doing these these nerd guides, I, I, I guess the move to man coverage if you're making a scheme change, that's the scheme change you want to be implementing because that's less complicated than, hey, we're mm. going to, you know, we're going to this sort of complicated zone scheme where everyone has to know where everyone else is and everyone has to be tied on a string. I guess if it's more, hey, this is your man, uh, cover him, then it's a little bit easier. But I, I, I do think there's definitely an acclimation period. And the other thing we don't know is like, how, is time on field going to be limited? Uh, I don't think we have those, you know, they haven't settled on those uh, guidelines for like, you know, is yeah. there going to be less time for uh, one-on-ones or, you know, are you only going to be using your time on the field to be, you know, walking through uh, scheme stuff? I, they, they haven't figured out any of that stuff. So uh, I do think like the, the whole, the whole process is going to look different. And I think you're probably right, Zach, that uh, like with, because they're going to have limited time, they need to use that time probably on, on getting, the starters or the presumed starters ready, ready for week one. And that's the right decision from, from where I stand. It, oh, sure. It, it, you know, I, as I said, it's, it's, it's a tough spot. If, if you're the 79th player and you're trying to make the team. Uh, but if you only have two weeks, you need to get this team ready. What I am uh, curious about if uh, we do indeed, you know, make it to the beginning of the season and then some games happen is uh, from from the like the analytics standpoint, uh, comparing it to previous years, not if it's sloppy or not. But uh, I'm curious to see if there will be more injuries, um, because if there are not, then that's even more of a, a reason for the NFLPA to, uh, you know, advocate in the future for for fewer spring and summer practice time. Yeah, there will be, it, it's sort of a weird natural experiment where you're going to get sort of this data that you, you know, in no other circumstance would you be able to uh, acquire. And of course, the NFLPA, they, I mean, they're the ones who wanted this ramp up period yeah. with no preseason. They didn't want to just go in there, have a couple of practices and then play a preseason game for uh, the reasons you just mentioned there. So, uh, yeah, that that certainly will be interesting to look at. Do you, do you think like the you know, it'll be like the offensive line group and Jeff Stoutland will just be with Andre Dillard the entire practice and like the other four guys could kind of handle themselves. I That's think my guess. Be, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that uh, I, 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 and it's like, all right, Carson, Carson Wentz is just going to be throwing a Jalen Raker here for an hour. Uh, the rest of you like segment these these areas that you really uh, you really need to come through with the guys you really need to have the reps and build that chemistry stouts like somebody uh, there's a loud noise across the field stoutland turns his head and by the time he turns around peters is back at left tackle (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't rule that out jason go back stop yeah you got to save that good stuff for your fake uh practice diary bo what are you doing that's right don't waste it here well, if, if, if you were looking for a diary of the first night of baseball, of opening night, and, and you wanted to have a, uh, some action on the game, listen to this. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. <laughs> baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week, and while we may not be able to join them in the stadium, there is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. There is no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate baseball coming back, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering free bets for every home run your team hits. I was checking out those bets this morning. Taking advantage of this Grand Slam offer is easy. All you have to do is place a pregame bet of at least $25 on your home team, and for every home run they hit in that game, you'll get $5 worth of free bets. Additionally, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new users a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't worry. If baseball is not your game, DraftKings offers great odds and promotions on all sports ranging from MMA to basketball. DraftKings Sportsbook is U.S.-based. It's safe, secure, and reliable, plus easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. Just download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TOSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code TOSS to get your sign-up bonus 
up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino, the bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At first, I thought Zach might be doing a running diary of like the Phillies. I got really excited. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm still excited for DraftKings. But yeah, running. Are you going to do a running diary of your bets tonight, Zach? I I I, I am not. I I don't know if I am going to uh, to bet on it tonight. Looking at uh, there's only two games tonight. Uh, mm. Your squad is is going tonight. Uh, but I had my fantasy baseball draft last night. So. Oh, I had one on Monday. How did it go? I, I I was pleased with it. What are the rules of your uh, of your draft? Well, it's it's a it's a redraft full league. full league. Yeah, full league okay. redraft. You know, we're 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 not doing our our keeper league this year for obvious reasons. Uh, and and actually, on the top of the draft, one thing that one must consider is is uh, like for instance, Mike Trout. He he might miss a few days. You know his mm. his 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 wife is due, and that's much more important than baseball. As as oh, we was she all in know. a slump? What's that? Is she in a slump? Is she in... She's due. She's due for a base hit. <laughs> no, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but uh, in a sixty game season, you know that's that's a uh, that's a few days right there. So that's that's, that's something true. To, to consider. All right, hate to hate to cut off the <laughs> fantasy baseball talk, but listen, we have a hard out. <laughs> And we have a segment that we've got to get to that the people uh, want to hear. Unless, Bo, was there anything else you need to get to from the first part? No, I don't think so. I mean, Zach, is there anything that we need to know that's coming up specifically for the Eagles? No, just uh, I I would say to fans, be patient in terms of, uh, like, seeing what's happening on the field. But I do think you'll start hearing from players and coaches in the next, you know, week or so. Got it. All right. So what we have decided to do is give uh, each of us, per Shields instructions, uh, three minutes to first attack the other teams, and then oh, at the who's end, blowing up there. Sorry, gotta be Zach? ZB. Oh, yeah, it's me. Very nice. Well, before you that, a, you got a scoop, up. Zach? Uh, I know. I, I I don't. I need to scold our uh, listeners. You know, for the lack of reviews on the Apple Podcast page, we give you a three-hour draft. Everyone's a fan of it, and you can't even go on there and leave a review. I mean, come on, uh, give me a break. Any any comments that you left on Twitter, uh, we didn't read, and they were ignored, unless, of course, you were complimenting my team. Uh, you can still go to the voting is still open on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber, your vote doesn't count, but the voting is still available on our post on The Athletic, uh, and so go ahead and uh, review us, uh, leave your comments there, and then also uh, get your vote in. All right, sorry, Bo, had to get that off my no, chest. No, that's okay. Uh, so how do you want to do this? Should we do should we do the same snake order? Like, uh, I don't know. Wait, how do you want to do is, it? Is it hard for Zach to go back? That might be kind of tough to go back to back. Mm. So, so here's how it's going to be. For so we're each going to get three minutes in the first round where we just uh, can sort of attack the other uh, the other two teams. Say whatever you want about them. Uh, get whatever you need to off your chest. And then in the second round, we're each going to get three minutes. I, I have a timer right here, so you got to stay to the three minutes uh, where you can defend your team, whether it's stuff you wanted to respond to that was in the comments, uh, Twitter, whatever, or it's stuff that the uh, other two hosts just uh, just said about your squad. Uh, so, Zach, I don't know. Are, would snake order be okay, or is that tough to go back-to-back uh, -back like that? No, snake order's fine. I am I am ready to defend my team. Okay. Uh, right. I, I have a vociferous defense for that. Vociferous. I, okay. I believe more in, in the Doug Peterson faceless opponent thing. So I'm I, I I I will uh politely pick apart your teams, but I'm I'm confident in my team on my own merit. So I'm looking forward to Oh, I to went I went the other way. I'm go yeah. I'm going full roast uh, <laughs> of your guys' teams. All right, let's do it uh let's do it that way then. Bo, are you are okay. you ready to uh lead us off? Sure, I can do that. <clears throat> All right, I will say on your marks, get set, go. I will start the stopwatch on my computer and when the three minute mark is over, I will uh cut you off. Okay. okay? On your marks, get set, and you're off. Well, the first rule of any draft is to make sure you know the rules. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to say it turns out that neither of my competitors read the rules. We'll start with Zach, because there's not really that much to say. The very first rule 
of the best of the nest Jeffrey Lurigal draft was that we were drafting a team to try to win a Super Bowl in today's NFL. Mm -hmm. Zach proceeded to build a concussion uncle special, thinking he could win games 9-6. to six. It was a nostalgic effort, but if we're being honest, we all know he lost the draft when he took Trey Thomas fourth overall. I do feel bad for Donovan McNabb, who it seems is cursed to play with mediocre weapons, even in make-believe. As for Scheel, who had the born-on-third-base privilege of picking second that guaranteed he would exit the draft with a top-two player at whatever position he wanted, the team looks great on paper. Andy Reid, Brian Dawkins, Carson Wentz, T.O. But Scheel and the plurality of subscribers who have voted for his team thus far let sticker shock distract them from rule number three. Body of work matters, not just peak performance. There's a 50% chance T.O. is a superstar for Shiel, sure, but there's an equal 50% chance he's a chemistry-killing season ruiner. Add in Alshon Jeffrey, who Shiel vastly overrates given Jeffrey's meager production, and the recipe for disaster is obvious. His offensive line is the worst of the three, with two positions of mediocrity, two positions of steady reliability, and another coin flip in Sean Andrews of a, of a guy who may not even hit the field. The defense is good, not great, whatever. But even the quarterback is a question as to whether he can finish the season healthy, and his backup is another example of a rule ignored because 1994 Randall Cunningham was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. The bottom line is that Shields' team reminds me a lot of the 2019 Eagles. It's easy to get sucked in by the high upside of big names in the offseason. All three of us were victim to that last season. But when you invite so many players with high variance, some of them are destined to bottom out. Are you finished? I'm done. Oh, okay. You didn't fill up the uh, entire three minutes. How okay. much time do I have left? <clears throat> you have 40 seconds if you want to continue. Yeah. The people You're are good? just, uh, they're not paying close enough attention. Okay. All right. I need more pedantry from my listeners. <clears throat> All right. Uh, do one of you want to uh, start the clock for me, or do you want me to keep an eye on I'll this uh, myself? I can You'll do, do it. it. All right. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat and grab a sip of water here. This, this is, uh, you know, I did a lot of preparation this morning. All right. Give it's me the, the countdown. Okay. Um, Three, two, one, go. All right, let's start with Zberm. Zberm, you relied too much on counting stats and got flustered when the board did not go your way. The high play counts of the Chip Kelly era resulted in inflated, misleading numbers. I mean, you you ended up with a receiving trio of Jeremy Macklin, Jordan Matthews, and Kevin Curtis. I mean, come on. We, we really can just stop the exercise right there. Donovan McNabb has no chance. Now, maybe if you would have gotten him Andy Reid, you would have had a little bit of a shot to scheme it up, but you didn't do that. So Marty Mor Morningweg is not scheming that bad boy up. I mean, your coaching staff, Ray Rhodes, Morningweg, and Jim Schwartz, that's a disaster. Uh, as a listener pointed out, the minute you realized you were assembling the 2014 Eagles was the minute it was over for you. You failed to take a fourth defensive back. That means you have Jeremiah Trotter on the field on third downs. Jason Babbitt instead of a fourth corner zebra. Come on, you're, you're killing me. A safety tandem of Quentin Michael and Greg Jackson. You're completely wasting all of your defensive line talent. Uh, now for Bo. Bo, personnel-wise, you completely botched your offensive plan. You take Jason Peters with the first pick, select the only, and then select the only left-handed quarterback and have Winston Justice blocking his blind side. I mean, what a disaster. You were the one who stated specifically that we're getting the entire body of work, as you just mentioned, for these players. You tried to sell us on the fact that it's 2010 Vic. I don't think so. You also get the 2011 version of Vic that had them at 3-6 and six before suffering an injury. You get the 2012 version who went 3-7 and seven, completely completed 58% of his passes and got Andy Reid fired. How about 2013? He inherits this offense the league has never seen. He's got this built-in advantage. It's an offense where Nick Foles threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. What did Michael Vick do? Six starts, took 15 sacks, fumbled four times, and threw three interceptions. Negative play after negative play. The team was 2-4 and four before Nick Foles rescued them. And, and finally, Bo, in classic fashion, you tried to show how smart you are by teaming up Doug Peterson and John Gruden. I mean, you have an offensive coordinator who's an egomaniac and a control freak. When he was the actual OC, he had full control of the offense. That's not the case here. He's going to be leaking to 
the media from day one that Doug is a doofus and that he should be calling the plays. It's an absolute recipe for disaster. Let, let's assume that they can work together. We've seen Doug is easily swayed with the conservative coordinator and Mike Groh. He goes run-heavy, bog offense. Well, guess who loves a run-heavy, bog offense? John Gruden. You intentionally set up a scenario that plays your head plays to your head coach's weaknesses and sabotages him. You brag about your pass catchers, and you're going to have a run-heavy team. And, and the defensive line, what a joke. I mean, Connor Barwin as a 4-3 defensive end, Darwin Walker, Hollis Thomas. I mean, you'd have to try to come up with a pass rush this terrible. You get Eric Allen and Patrick Robinson for one year, and then you're screwed. You don't take a six defensive back, so you're keeping D'Amico Ryans on the field in passing situations. That's 70% of the time. I mean, not even Jim Johnson can work with this group of bums. Your team has no chance to win a Super Bowl in Oh, time. Oh, perfect. I really timed that out well. That was pretty good, actually. <laughs> All right. So, so my prepared statements are more about my team. Uh, what, and so I'm, 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 I'm going to be saying. I'm going to be succinct <laughs> with your team here, or okay. with uh, both your teams. Uh, I oh, hold on. Should I start? Let me get yeah, the countdown. Feel All feel right. feel free to start. Um, but I okay, think that you guys need to pass along Matthew Barry's number to me because you weren't building a team to win the Super Bowl. You were building a team to win your fantasy football leagues. Uh, that that seems to be the the fundamental misunderstanding that we all had uh, because I was under the impression that that. A team mat- that the offensive line matters, that the defensive line matters. Uh, we talk about counting stats for, for uh, I, I think she'll mention counting stats. Terrell Owens was here for one year, had 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 good counting stats. Well, he had the same amount of 1,000-yard seasons as as Kevin Curtis. Is, isn't that correct? Uh, so let's let's put that out there. In terms of, I mentioned the fantasy football angle. Bo was under the impression that, 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 that this is a league where you just wait on your quarterback, that the quarterback doesn't matter, that you can take that zero quarterback strategy. Uh, waiting as long as he did for a quarterback, taking Michael Vick, uh, as Shield mentioned, you don't just get that 2010 season, but you get the seasons thereafter, and then protecting him with Winston Justice on his blind side. So you have an injury-prone quarterback with Winston Justice protecting him. Speaking about injury-prone quarterbacks, now you have an injury... Uh, Shield has the injury-prone quarterback with Halapulavati Vaitai protecting him. Uh, we don't consider quarterback wins a stat that matters, but we do consider postseason success as something that, that matters when winning a Super Bowl. Well, Bo's team has one quarterback win on their entire roster. Shields team does not have a quarterback who won in the postseason on their in, in, entire roster. I have these, well, I will get to my team in a second, but <laughs> we should take that into consideration as well. Let's, let's go back to the pass rush. The interior pass rush is something that matters in today's NFL, as uh, general managers and coaches often indicate. Bo seemed to disregard his interior pass rush altogether. Uh, and then on Shields' team, he also had a, a uh, I don't want to say a blatant disregard, but it was, it was certainly not an organizational emphasis. So across the board, I would say that, that you guys built good teams to win in your fantasy football leagues, but clearly these are our two general managers who are preparing not for winning a Super Bowl, but for winning their fantasy football payout. Okay. All right. You want to take? You want to give yourself a breather so you? you no, because I am. Regroup? I am. I am ready for mine. That. Oh, he's ready. Okay. That was done. I, I, that was more ad libbed. I. 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 It is against my nature to uh, to put down the other teams. I. I am. <laughs> he's, tra- he's trying to play the humble card. No, it's it's it works. It's it's true. It's it's true. <laughs> Here you go. Is the All clock right. starting? Ready, set. Ready, set, and you're off. Andy Reid once said about building a team, quote, I want two offensive tackles, a quarterback, two pass rushers, two corners, and I'll figure the rest out. My team is an embodiment of that philosophy. The strengths of my roster are those very foundational pieces. My first six picks are quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, and cornerback. It might not be sexy. It's not covered in fantasy football magazines, but it's how you win. I've read criticism and during the past uh, nine minutes, I've heard criticism that this is antiquated thinking. That is simply inaccurate. In the past five years, more than 60% of the top 10 picks 
have played quarterback, offensive line, and pass rush. This is the thinking of today's NFL of still how to build a team. In fact, look at the, at, at the two teams in the Super Bowl last season. The 49ers drafted offensive line and defensive line with their top pick for five consecutive years, six if you include this season. The Kansas City Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl, went O-line, pass rush, quarterback, in five of Andy Reid's first six years. The other year was a cornerback. For all the attention that the skill positions get, what, what, what matters is the way the team is built inside out. Again, this is not antiquated thinking. I agree that the NFL is a space league, but fundamentally, the best teams in the league get a quarterback, protect the quarterback, and rush the quarterback. I feel strongly about those principles. They are alive in today's NFL, just as they were five years ago, ten years ago, and when Andy Reid took over the Eagles in 1999. Next, my wide receivers. I understand that this is a point of criticism, and in evaluating these drafts, we tend to focus on names and not numbers. I believe in data, though, and I believe in using them to inform your decisions. Did you know that among the top 20 seasons in receiving yards during this era, I have eight on my team. I have the leader in receiving touchdowns during this span, and two of the top four in touchdowns and receiving yards. I think we forget just how productive Jeremy Macklin was. And I should mention that Macklin and Kevin Curtis each have as many 1,000-yard receiving seasons with the Eagles as Terrell Owens. Pro Football Reference has a formula to determine approximate value. From 1994 to today, my team has four of the top six players in this category and 10 of the top 17. As far as single seasons go, I have eight of the, of the top 10 best single seasons in Eagles, among Eagles during this period. Now, the weakness on my team is coaching. I get that. Ray Rhodes was, if you look at, at the track record of Ray Rhodes, he won 20 games in his first two in his first two years, was coach of the year, and made the postseason with Rodney Pete and Ty Detmer as his quarterbacks. We're giving him a better quarterback, a better roster, and I'd venture to say a better general manager. Ultimately, the players win the games, the players make plays, the players pass, and times up. block, tackle, and cover. On the aggregate, my team does this better than any of the other teams. My team is the most balanced. It's built the right way. <laughs> what are you doing? Build the win on the Whoa, field. he's going presidential Not in the debate. Court public opinion. Look at this guy. Okay, all right. A little, little, little flex there. Going on presidential debate style. <laughs> talking over the uh, moderator. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. All right. That was Z-Burr. Now I'm up. Let me know. Give me the countdown. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, go. I mean, fantasy football leagues, please. Get get out of here, concussion uncle. All right. Uh, I'm glad you referenced the team that were in last year's Super Bowl. The win, winning one coached by Andy Reid, the guy who's my coach, the guy who can win with Alex Smith, with, with anybody uh, you put out there. He can put together a winning team. I'm glad he's on, on my side. I, I can see that you guys are shook by your arguments. I mean, in two consecutive episodes, you've compared Chris T. Jones and Kevin Curtis to T.O. I mean, anyone who was alive and watching during that Super Bowl season – knows that he was the most impressive skill position player in this entire draft. Bo, I love your argument that I was born on the, with this third base privilege. Guess who made up the rules? I mean, I wish I would have had Marissa pull the audio of Zach saying whoever wins that dumb golf contest can pick their spot, but Bo had to have it his way, and guess what? It burned him. Your ego got in the way, Bo. Uh, the, my offensive line, the worst of the three, complete joke. Complete disrespect to Sean Andrews. I mean, he had three seasons of Pro Bowl play, uh, you know, Bo, you had Eric Allen. That That's one year you're getting. So if Sean Andrews is an issue, Eric Allen is an even bigger issue. All right, let, let's get to my squad. My quarterback has a proven MVP caliber ceiling, and his floor is slightly above average. I have easily the best offensive brain trust in Andy Reid and Frank Reich. I was ready to take Reid with the second overall pick, and you clowns let me get him in the third round. I have the best and most beloved player of this era in Brian Dawkins. So while Bo dinks and dunks and Zach leads the league in three and outs, we're going downfield all day along with Andy calling the plays for Wentz, T.O., Dante Stallworth. I've got Zach Hurts dominating on third down and in the red zone. I've got the combo of Miles Sanders and Deuce Staley at running back where you guys foolishly spent early picks. Just terrible game theory there from the both of you. And I love how the biggest criticism of my roster is Vitae at left tackle. Does anyone not remember uh, 2017? The Eagles go up against two of the greatest defensive coaches of this era in Bill Belichick and Mike Zimmer. Vitae was such a liability that the offense 
offense only scored 38 and 41 points while giving up a total of one sack in two games. His issues have come when he's had to enter games because of injuries to guys like Jason Peters. If he's a starter, he's perfectly fine. All right, defensively, I have the best pair of edge rushers in Trent Cole and Brandon Graham. I have the best leader the organization has ever seen in Dawkins. I have four corners who can cover so I can play dime and am built to win in 2020. And I have a brilliant defensive mind in Bud Carson. I have the most balanced team. I have the most explosive team. I have the best coach, the best quarterback, the best offensive oh. weapon, and the best overall player. You guys are an embarrassment. I should run away with this bad boy. <laughs> All right. Based on what objective measure is Donovan McNabb not the best quarterback? Okay. That's well, uh, it's not your time Ready. anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, hold on. Ready? On your marks. Get set. Go. Score points, create turnovers. That's the recipe for success in today's NFL, and that is what my team delivered. Zach likes to parrot his uh, men lie, women lie, numbers don't line, and then trots out this nonsense about his eight seasons of top 20 receiving yards, which is as disingenuous a stat as I've ever heard. What he knowingly omits is that he had just two of the top 10 receiving seasons in this era, which is the same total as Shield. My team has the other six. They have settled, you two have settled for mediocrity, where I have assembled what is far and away the best collection of off- offensive weapons who also happen to complement each other beautifully. Deshaun Jackson, Irving Fryer, and Fred Barnett are three of the four best receivers available, and Brian Westbrook provides the extra sauce needed to make this offense absolutely unguardable. The offense features the best offensive lineman in franchise history at left tackle and two perennial Pro Bowl guards. So now let's talk about Winston Justice, who has been unfairly maligned by both Zach and Scheel, as well as some ignorant voters. We all agree that Michael Vick's 2010 season is close to the highest level of quarterback play the Eagles have ever seen. You know who his right tackle was that season? Winston Justice. So don't tell me he's going to crater my team. On defense, the defensive line may be a little underwhelming, but my team also features the best back seven of the three teams with the two best turnover creators available in Asante Samuel and Willie T. Which brings me to the coaching staff, which is also clearly the best of the three. Doug Peterson, who learned from Andy Reid's accumulated knowledge and added on superior in-game management to reach the mountaintop before Andy did. John Gruden, the only offensive coordinator available who was given the reins to run his side of the ball and succeeded with inferior talent. And Jim Johnson, who was so good that he probably could have coordinated a Chip Kelly defense to the top half of the league. I have the best offense. I have the best coaches. It's really as simple as that. And with my remaining time, I just want to correct you. The Chris T. Jones uh, comparison was for Alshon, not for T.O. Okay. There it is. All right. And this nonsense about my team being not whoa, explosive. Whoa, whoa, Give me whoa, a break. Whoa, I've still whoa, got remaining whoa. time. I've got remaining whoa. time. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. I thought you were done. My, this nonsense about my team being dink and dunk. Give me an absolute break. Uh, that it, that will not be the case. That's. Uh, I mean, my my team is. It's 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 folly. That's all I've got to say. So you're officially done. Okay. No. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, that was fun. Now I know, like, uh, you know, that that was kind of like um, the the old sports reporters parting shot. You yeah, know? you you gotta you gotta come with something. Shields uh... dream or Zach's dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what <laughs> on what planet is that my dream? No, that is definitely Zach's dream. <laughs> All right, so you know how to vote. You can you can still go to the athletic. Uh, any updates from uh, from you guys on our panel of voters? They answer might be no. Access to it. No, 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 no. I mean the, uh, the panel. Because, oh. because the fan vote's going to be part of it, but then we're going to have expert voters. We're going to piece it all together to come up with a, a winner. So uh, I don't know if we we might not have any uh, any leads on that yet, but uh, working on it. Well, working I have been uh, – I'm, I'm reaching out to, um, to Doug Peterson, John Gruden, Michael Vick, <laughs> uh, Winston Justice, Jason Peters, and uh, some other people to see if they're willing to vote. You know, I, I generally am on team, like, don't tag anybody in the mentions, but I, I did think it would be fun to get, like, uh, Harriman's and Westbrook and, like, Jamal Jack, <laughs> like, like those guys just to uh, take a look on it and uh, look at it and, and chime in. So maybe, uh, maybe maybe we can do that. There you go. 
All right. Well, uh, anything else before before Shields hard out? So what's next? Is there any uh, what's next week uh, going to bring us, Zach? And is there you think we might get some um, maybe some some access, some interviews like you would at the early start of camp? Yes, I I do think once things um, settle down in the sense that they they know what their their plan of operation is, they know what their schedule is. Uh, then I, I do believe we're going to be able to, uh, you know, speak to some coaches, some some players, and and my hope, my expectation is that there's a steady stream of that leading up to the practice period. Okay. Right. There you go. Well, they're going to give it those, a shot. Get ready for those zooms. All right. Thanks for listening. For Zach and Shield. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just remembered something. Okay. We're going to have to go a little bit longer. Here. Oh, oh, I remember something too. This might be what you remember. Uh, well, hold on before you get to, uh, to what you remember. Where is my, uh, little manscaping coming? Yeah. Where is my, where is my my slack here? Oh my gosh. This is the worst. Uh, well, well, we do have something fun we want to talk about after this. So stick around. Uh, but fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining and the bushes must be taped. Manscaped is here to ensure your post quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market. For those of you in need of a chest shave, this third generation trimmer features skin safe technology. To reduce manscaping accidents, you can also adjust settings to get a length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hand and ski- hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's as good for healthy chest hair as it is for your skin. Get 20% off right now and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20. Okay, there was one thing I wanted to get to. Well, this is an inadvertent, perfect segue, I believe. Yeah. Uh, We'll uh, we'll first get to yours, because I don't know if mine is. Uh, People want to (laughs) know, what did you think of opening the banana from the bottom? Okay, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure how that was a perfect segue, but uh, I guess it it works on some level. Uh, you know, I it, it was easier than I anticipated. I didn't see the upside that uh, that others said. You know, because you have the is that a pit at the bottom of a banana? What do you call that? That, that, that yeah, that's the only downside is that. But then you just okay. get to lop it right off. But I don't. Th- but but you. So you have to take that off with your hands, where normally that's just at the bottom, and I don't have to touch that. Uh, that that bad boy it just gets thrown out with the peel because I have a nice technique where I peel uh, and then I, I pull the pit out with it. And so uh, the other part about having like less of the what do you call those fibers or mm-hmm. threads? So uh, it's it's fewer, but it's not all of them. And so if I still need to pick some of those off then what am I really getting in terms of benefit? Now, I will say, Bo, I mean, of all the you know conversations we've had since this podcast started, uh, overwhelming amount of people who are on your side. So I'm not saying it's you know bad or you're You're just open crazy. to peer pressure. If you, yeah, yeah. No, I'm open to it if you want to do it. But I, I will say just my honest assessment is that I didn't really see the upside that was described to me. Zach, I, I know you tried this as well, right? I did. And I agree, it, it was an easy way to do it, but your hands were dirty thereafter because of whatever was on the bottom. What right, do you mean your yeah. hands were dirty? I mean, you get, might get a little mush there. Yes. You know, when, when, you pull, when you pull, you got to handle the pit situation, whereas normally if I'm going with the peel, it's peel, throw out, no need for a hand wash. Well, I think you guys, uh, what you're missing is that this is your first time. You have to perfect this craft as well, and it's, it is much easier. The, uh, the actual opening process, I think, much, uh, much simpler. And you also then get the, uh, you get the handle of the bottom, if you, or I guess what, is, what, is what used to be the top then becomes the bottom. <laughs> Well, as I mentioned, I like I take the whole peel off. Uh, yeah, that's true. You're, one, a, you're a whole, I, peel, I whole might, peel weirdo. Yeah, it could be serial killer. I don't know if there's been a study on this. It could be serial killer behavior, but uh, that is that is the way I do it. So, all right. So you're saying as I get better at it, 
I can get all of the threads out and that will not be an issue because that would be a little bit of a game changer if I didn't have to, you know, sort of look around and try to uh, worry about those bad things. Yeah, I would say, you know, you're not going to be 100% every time, but you're certainly going to have a much higher uh, batting average than than you would otherwise. I have a banana question. Yeah. (laughs) Let's hear it. (laughs) Uh, And this actually comes up uh, with with, uh, relative frequency. When you're shopping for bananas, Mm. what's your preference for... Uh, for color, because are are you getting the banana for today? Oh, you got to buy those bad boys as week? green as possible. Shield? No, no, I mean, I think it totally depends on what you have at home. I mean, I'm having a well, banana day. So if I got nothing at home, then I want the ones that will be ready to eat right away. If I've got, you know, three, four at home, but I'm still doing a, a grocery order, then I will go for the... Uh, Go for the green ones. You know, never buy the uh, organic. Have you ever bought oh, a yeah. banana? Oh, my God. What's the deal with those? They're the awful. Biggest scam in grocery? Definitely I mean, the biggest scam. in like 10 hours. You got all these bruises They taste on them. weird. Oh, what a joke oh, those yeah. are. Get totally agree. And they charge you more. I mean, the, the, the banana is like the most economical food there is, I feel. <laughs> I mean, you're paying nothing, and it it's fills true. you up. Now, I did see, I didn't know this. I got this. Uh, sorry, Zach. Did you, why? What, what is your argument about when to buy the bananas? No, the, the, the same thing Shield said is, is that I, I tend to want them more on the green side because I, I, I want that flexibility of it not going bad. Well, especially, in, especially in COVID times when you're trying to limit your trips to the store. You, know, but, you, want, you want it to last as long as possible. But the issue that we run into is, is when there are, are no bananas left and I got green bananas. And my wife's looking at me like, what are we going to give the kids right now? You know? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. if, if you're running low, you can't do that. I mean, that's a no-no. Now, uh, I got this app where it sort of tells you, like, you put in what you eat, and it sort of tells you, like, the, you know, what your nutrition was every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, like, the sugar count in a banana is very high. Like, the, the sugar oh, really? and the, car- the, sugar and the carb count. It's I mean, good I've sugar. Crush- is, is that true, though? Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah. it's not like added it's not sugar. added sugar. It's not yeah, added I don't sugar. Know. So. But I was still surprised. I mean, I, I was looking at it. I've been I've been crushing a banana a day for like are the you, better part are, of my life. I feel like you're uh, laying the groundwork here for Shield to show up to camp in the best shape of his life. He's no, gonna, we've yeah, got like swole Shield not gonna happen. Uh, doing push-ups no. in his driveway to <laughs> no. get people to vote for his team. No, no, this is midlife crisis Shield <laughs> looking to see how I can extend my life uh, longer and take the necessary steps. You want to you want to turn this the... midlife crisis into a forty percent life crisis? Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to have like another midlife crisis in ten years, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. There's really no way of knowing. But uh, you know, th- this is what happens when you're stuck at home for so many months on end. You you start thinking about some of these things. So that's all. All right. Uh, okay, well, Marissa, I apologize that you know she thought she was out. <laughs> And then we do an ad read and we talk about bananas for 15 minutes. So uh, that that is not treating the producer right. But well, we, we took we you we took it. you right to the 11 o'clock hard out. Yeah, so we can end it now. We hit it on the nose. All right. For Zach and Sheil and their Garbanzo Beans teams, I am Bo Wolf with the best team. And as always, we love you.